Hello everybody, this is Dr. Kevin Connors. Today on Connors Clinic Live, we have a great guest, Megan Van Zell is her name. She's not a doctor. She has several um, degrees in nutrition, nutritional counseling, spiritual counseling. She's been a friend of our clinic for about a decade, I think now. She works on um, the nutritional side of dealing with people with cancer and serious disease, but even more so the spiritual emotional side. And that is so critical. If you're not dealing with that spiritual piece, I think you're missing a major piece, if not the major piece of life right there. So you're going to really love this episode with Megan. And again, uh, as I hope you enjoy this interview, please make sure you hit like, but if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and hit that little alarm button so you don't miss any further episodes. Join me right now with Megan Vanzell. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Connors again, and I'm here with a good friend of mine that I've known for, gosh, Meg, how many years do we go back? Seven? Eight? Yeah, know. at least seven. Yeah. 2012, I think. Uh, Megan uh, Von Zell, she um, is a nutritionist, is, really specializes in helping people with cancer, nutritionally and spiritually. And that's really what we want to talk about today. Um, and Meg, give a, first before we get started, kind of give a plug for your website. And sure. Sure. So I'm the owner and CEO of Cancer Peace University, and our goal at Cancer Peace University is to set people free from the fear of cancer. And our website is www.cancerpeaceuniversity.com. Yeah, you've helped many of our patients um, just deal with that emotional side. So yes. let's, let's jump into it with some questions about that. What's really the role of, um, in, in your mind, your role of beliefs, thoughts, emotions, but if somebody has this grave diagnosis, if it's cancer or some other disease? Yes, there's so many layers to emotions, thought patterns, and beliefs when someone's diagnosed. First of all, you have the diagnosis itself can trigger a lot of fear, it can actually trigger the five stages of grieving with um, denial, anger, um, sadness, and depression. And it's hard to accept a diagnosis itself. But then you also have the thought patterns and emotional patterns that are coming out of something called core beliefs. And the core beliefs really are the underlying process of why someone has the same emotional patterns and thought patterns over and over again in their daily life. So explain what a core belief would be. Sure. So some of you Pixar fans, people that watch uh, Pixar movies might be familiar with Inside Out. And there's a character. Core memories, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the core (laughs) memories. But they they start falling when she has the trauma of um, moving. So the Inside Out movie is pretty accurate because those core memories um, are the places where core beliefs are stored. So your subconscious mind will actually store your core beliefs that are developed from the womb to seven years of age. And essentially, those core beliefs are your worldview of how you view the world, and it's conclusions that you come to based on your experiences. So it's subjective. So someone can have a very small incident occur, and they can come to a major conclusion because of this memory, because of how they process the situation 
And this can cause a, I call it a maladaptive core belief that is stored in your subconscious mind that will basically be how you interpret your reality and how you process everything that happens in your life in so present day. You'll process circumstances differently based upon, okay, if I was abused as a three-year-old, you know, uh, so my trust for adults and trust in any situation is not there. So give, give me some examples that you'd, you'd, have, you'd see. Yeah, and so that's a great example because, of course, any major trauma will be processed as a maladaptive core belief um, from childhood. And it is a protective mechanism, too, because a child can't process emotionally a trauma. And many times the body will store that memory and the trauma in the subconscious mind so that when you're adult, an adult, you can process the trauma. However, with cancer... These maladaptive core beliefs can be a major trauma that is um, that's obvious, but it can be something very subtle. And I'll share an example of a recent client. A recent client of mine was going through one of my modules on stress is an opinion, core beliefs and cancer, which is part of the curriculum of Cancer Abuse University. And as he was going through it, he remembered a memory, a memory when he was in third grade. And this memory was so... Uh, just a small memory of trying to connect with a girl in his third grade class that he had a crush on and he was trying to impress her and like be all smooth and funny but she totally rejected him and didn't think he was funny and and he felt so bad he was so sad about it for he said he remembers like being sad about it for weeks and he remembers just internalizing that and that that core belief of being misunderstood or feeling rejected caused him to change how he interacted with people. And he became very careful to not be rejected again. So he started to be a people pleaser. He started to change um, how he would respond. And he tried to avoid conflict and relationships because he didn't ever want to feel that way again. Wow. Um, that, that you could probably put a lot of people into that almost exact same category right there. So what happens from yes. a physical standpoint and as far as disease of someone who is living their life as a people pleaser, uh, afraid to offend anybody or afraid, very afraid to get um, rejected again. That fear of rejection is a huge thing for a lot of people. What can come out yes. as a disease process with that? How does that relate to cancer? Exactly. That's a great question. And so a new area of research is epigenetics. So epigenetics is upon, means upon the gene. So our thought patterns, our emotions, nutrition, our beliefs can all trigger an epigenetic response in the body, which simply means that it can cause oncogenes to express or to silence or mutate health protective DNA like P53. And when that occurs, that can cause a disease process by itself, but the emotions coming from the core belief, such as fear, fear actually can cause over 30 different changes to hormones and neurotransmitters and over 1400 different changes in the stress response system and um, changes on the biological level that actually cause a very toxic internal environment that causes cells to change and really leads to a cascade of effects that can actually damage your mitochondria. 
So one could probably say, I mean, I've said for years that emotions um, are at least a piece of every disease. Uh, and so how do you go about changing them? Yes. So like with this client that you had, he recognized this incident in third grade that created a cascade of, of the way he has dealt with, you know, people since then. How does he go about making changes in that to help his current disease process? Sure. So that's a great question. Uh, and a lot of addressing these core beliefs requires deep thinking, introspection, and really connecting with and understanding your own emotional patterns, thought patterns. Your brain actually has something called a default mode network. Your default mode net network is actually when you're engaged in deep thinking, it changes the structure of your brain. But when you engage the default mode network enough through meditation, journaling, deep thinking about your life and about events or memories or emotional patterns, this can actually cause the subconscious brain to give your conscious brain memories that you may not be aware of. And I have an example from my own life that might help. When I was in college, I just noticed a trend where I could cry and become vulnerable with my guy friends, but with women, I just could never be vulnerable and I couldn't cry. And I just started with a question. Sometimes we have to ask our subconscious mind, what is it that allowed cancer to develop in my body? And why is my body having this disease process on the emotional, spiritual side? And a lot of times the subconscious mind wants to give us the answer. So for me with that question, why can I be vulnerable with my guy friends but not women? I was engaging in a process of introspection where I would journal, I would journal all my thoughts, I'd write down all my thoughts and my emotions. I actually would sit in Starbucks listening to Enya in one of the, the chairs and I'd be like crying in the corner of Starbucks. And I would write down all of everything without judgment, all my thoughts and emotions. And eventually I would hit a critical point where I would pinpoint exactly how I felt and why I way. And that type of deep thinking connects us to our subconscious brain. And through that process of deep thinking, there I gained access to a memory that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. And in that memory, I was in second grade and I was crying and vulnerable in front of um, an adult a woman in my life. And I ended up um, shutting down and because I didn't feel validated, I didn't feel um, in that moment the acceptance and the love I needed. So I stopped, I shut down and I decided never to cry in front of women ever again. <laughs> and that has impacted me for 12 plus years. Oh boy. Well, and, and I'm sure so many people have very similar situations like that that impact them. Um, but you, I think you touched on a very important thing with anybody with any disease is that of the ability to do, you call it deep thinking, being introspective enough, ask the question. It's easy when we get a serious diagnosis that we want to be a victim because that's what the world tells us to be. Oh, you have cancer. Oh my gosh, I have cancer. I'm the victim of this disease. Instead of saying, okay, this is what it is. Is there something in my life that has maybe not been the sole cause, but that's participated in 
me expressing this disease right now. Uh, and when we're afraid to ask those deep questions, uh, I think we miss a lot. And I think you'd agree with that because we're not dealing with that emotional piece. Yes. Um, so you help people kind of bring that out. And I think exactly. your Cancer Peace University really helps uncover it like it did for that gentleman going through that. Is that right? Yes. That's one of our goals because Japanese research has shown and discovered that spontaneous remission from cancer occurs within 24 hours of a profound internal transformation. And our goal with our clients at Cancer Peace University is profound internal transformation. Because talk therapy, you can talk about a trauma all day, every day, and nothing changes because you're just reliving it over and over again, and you're not engaging in a process that will allow for profound internal transformation, which is necessary for spontaneous remission. And you can also do positive thinking. You can think of positive things all day, every day, and never impact your core beliefs. Yeah. All right, we need to talk more about this, don't we? <laughs> because yes, impacting, the, impacting the core beliefs, dealing, you know, that's what people want is that profound transformation. Um, and that's what you could go to a Freudian psychologist and talk about your problems and your childhood for, you know, endless hours. Um, but uh, there are some key roots to that profound in, inner transformation, your core belief um, change. Um, and I want to get at the roots of that. So could I have you back again? Let's go over that and kind of lay out a... Yeah. Uh, uh, dialogue and maybe put up some charts so people can follow us. Um, thanks so much, Meg. Our time yes. is up for this session, but let's schedule another one soon and let's get at some details of how to make those changes. I appreciate you. Let's plug your great. website one Thank more you, time Connor. for us. Yes, the website is www.cancerpeaceuniversity.com and my email is cancerpeaceuniversity at gmail.com. Thanks again, Meg. Mm -hmm.